1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Yak Gadget. For all your kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lighting. Go to pelican.com. The 153 Bait Company. For all your hard and soft bait needs, go to the153anglers.com. Now let's get this show started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mindset Podcast on the Paddle and Fin Network. I'm your host, Chris Slifka. Joining me, special guest, Susie Roloff. And we'll be talking today a little bit about the mindset of what you do as a, what do you call it, a tournament director, basically. And all that kind of goes into it, like the behind the scenes, what people really don't see. You know, a lot of people just see the outcome of it and basically the end result, whether good or bad. And nobody sees what really goes into it. So I kind of wanted to dig into that today. Uh, but first, if you want to just introduce yourself for the people who don't know. All right. So, yeah. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, Susie Q, uh, Susie Roloff here. Um, I have uh, about seven, eight years of kayak fishing uh, under my belt. I've been uh, part of. Uh, staff and tournament director for probably five and a half, six years of that, seven years. Uh, so, you know, uh, I kind of dove in headfirst in the deep end, uh, you know, doing behind the scenes stuff and everything. And that's just kind of how I've uh, gotten into it and learned from everything. But uh, I used to be tournament director of Great Lakes Type Fishing Series. Um, and then I uh, stepped down from that one last year. Um, I've been with Kayak Bass League uh, for quite a while, and then this year was my first year with the Pell and Finn Trail Series as their yep. TD. So, uh, yeah, I've done a couple of other little uh, things, too. Uh, the last two years, I was tournament director for the Crossroads uh, Kayak Fishing Championship, uh, which has definitely had some uh, interesting things <laughs> happen <laughs> with it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I've had some pretty interesting experiences, not just as a, uh, tournament director or staff member, but as a, uh, angler as well. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. Yeah. So uh, with all your extensive, you know, knowledge of tournament directing, uh, the first thing I want is it, what's the mindset going like at the beginning of the year, picking out the schedule, what, what do you 
go through like first kind of so it actually happens uh, before the beginning of the year so right now we are like a little bit over halfway out of september um coming up here in october november uh a lot of different uh trails and series and stuff like that are going to be coming out with their schedules for next year so you know it it depends on a couple of different factors so there's a couple of different things like if your state illinois for one of them uh illinois you cannot put your permits in until i believe it's january no actually it's november that's right theirs is different it's like november 1st or something like that is when you can put your permits in and with the state of Illinois, you can only have a max of 50 people um, at any launch. So there's two different uh, variables there as well. Whereas Wisconsin, uh, you can't put your permits in until I think it's like March 31st or something like that. So you have to wait quite a while uh, for that. And then you have to wait for them to get back with you on whether or not your permit is approved or not. So before you can even release your definite schedule, you have to wait for permits to go through. You have to, you know, go through all of those processes. Uh, Illinois, you don't have to pay anything for those. Wisconsin, you do have to pay a fee. Um, and you also have to submit your um, tournament results uh, for Wisconsin and for Illinois as well within a certain time frame as well. Now for other states, you know, they run a little bit differently. Uh, Michigan is actually pretty user friendly. Um, they have a website you can go to and you can just do it all online. Wisconsin, I think they can do it online or I think you may, I'm pretty sure you have to mail it in. So you have to like write everything down and then you have to mail it in and then you have to wait for them to process it. And then once they processed it, they'll go into your profile and then you'll get a response back saying that, you know, they receive your tournament review and then they'll allow you to apply for permits for the next year type of thing. Same thing with Illinois, you know, if you don't have your permit or your uh, tournament results submitted by October 31st, you can't apply for permits for the next year and so on and so forth. So there are some different uh, conditions uh, and requirements that you have to meet to fill out permits, depending again, you know, on the state uh and whatnot so those are kind of the first things that you're looking at and then second of all you're going to be looking at um you know all these big trails you know where they have in their events you know are you wanting to conflict with them to you know just do your own thing and whoever shows up shows up or you try to avoid their schedules you know so that you can have more people come to your event as opposed to losing you know, 5, 10, 15, maybe even 20 people to some of these bigger trail series. So you got to be watching out for their different schedules. <clears throat> and then, you know, it's not even the bigger trails anymore. Now you have a couple of different local trails that might be coming around. Um, here in the Midwest, uh, we've got several different leagues going on. There's Gerby, there's uh, Southern Illinois Kayak, there's um, Great Lakes, there's like four or five Wisconsin trails now. And then Michigan, my gosh, I think they have like six or seven different mm. branches now. So, you know, there's a lot of different coordinating with all these different clubs and series. You're like, all right, you know, let's talk schedules. 
you know, are we going to conflict with each other or are we going to like join together and have like one big event with both clubs type of thing? So, which can sometimes work out for the best, you know, because the more people you have, sometimes the bigger uh, payouts you can have with that as well. So, a um, couple other things that you're looking to as well is, um, you know, figuring out who is all going to be on your staff again for the year. Um, you know, thinking about where you're going to have your tournaments for the next year. Are you going to have it in the same places? Are you going to try to mix it up and go to different lakes uh, or rivers? You know, that type of thing. And with sponsors as well, usually by October, at least with some bigger sponsors, they're already locking in their, uh, you know, monetary value that they're going to give out either product and money wise or gift certificate wise to uh, some of these clubs and trails. So if you are already on the ball, you're going to miss out on some of the bigger stuff that uh, a lot of these companies can give you. So it's already happened before the start of the year. And, you know, we're only in September right now. So we're like, yeah. oh, we got to get these things in, you know, before October, sometimes November, that type of thing. It's like, well, these big trails haven't even put out their, you know, uh, schedule yet. So you're just like, oh, you got all these different things yeah. that you're planning for in the background. So, yeah, before even the beginning of the year, you're probably already got almost half of your stuff somewhat planned out for the next year. So, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's crazy to think about because we the Paddle and Fin Trail Series just ended like two weeks ago. Yep. And, and we're already thinking about next year. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And just a lot of things, you know, that people sometimes don't think about, you know, I mean, because next weekend is the Crossroads uh, event and then Hobie's having their tournament of champions coming up and then the KDF National Championship is coming up in October. You know, I mean, again, you've got a lot of these things that are wrapping up, but also at the same time, you know, that these clubs are already planning for next year because they have to. Yeah. So, yeah. And a lot of people are just like, oh, yeah, when are you going to come out with the schedules? When are you going to come out with the schedules? Well, it depends on a lot of factors. You got to coordinate with all these different people. You got to wait for permits. You know, you got to wait for that. You know, that, and that's why a lot of times some of these club and trails have a tentative schedule because a lot of these things are out of their hands. So, yeah. Well, a lot of the Wisconsin stuff, if you can't put in until March, March, then you guys are kind of setting a date and hoping to stick to it or yeah and most likely when it comes to wisconsin i've never known of a tournament application to be denied um especially when it comes to like the kayak trails yeah. um, when i put in for the pal and finn one the guy who approved it he came back and asked me a bunch of questions he's like because their online uh application process it's pretty streamlined and straightforward but when you have a lot of water options when it comes to uh, places like lacrosse so you've got you know mississippi river pools seven eight and nine the the options that you choose from don't always work right and i don't know if it's just like a, a web browser thing or whatever it might be and so he just you know he got back with me and clarified all right which pools are you wanting what ramps are you using that type of thing and so like i sent them you know uh email back and i even included the map i'm like we've got all the launches that we're planning to use on there here's where we're going to meet up at moxie's you know we're not holding fish it's just catch photo release that type of thing and like he came back he's like okay thanks great i'll go ahead and prove it and so you know most of the time they're they're pretty 
um, you know, easy to work with. And they're starting to get more familiar with the kayak tournaments because, you know, they're used to a lot of like the big boat tournaments. Yeah. And stuff like that, you know. So, like, when they see uh, the catch photo release, they're like, what is that? I'm like, yeah. it's a kayak fishing tournament. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so what would you say being on the on the other side of things is the hardest thing to kind of get done with as far as, like, the whole process of everything? Um. You know, sometimes it varies. Sometimes I, sometimes the biggest part is just, you know, the waiting game, you know, waiting for all the different uh, trails and series to come out with their schedules and then trying to plan around everybody else. It's just sometimes waiting to, you know, configure everything with everybody can sometimes be a little trickery because, again, everybody's waiting for permits, you know, everybody's waiting for uh, other people to post their schedules and who's going to be on staff next year, that type of thing. So that's a, a little bit part of it. Um, everything else from there, though, is usually pretty streamlined. The biggest things that I would say as a tournament director that are the most difficult to deal with is um, sometimes when you have somebody who will not ill-intentionally finding a loophole in the rules. You know, as much as we try to scour through our own rules, other league rules, you know, like KBF, Hobie, Bass, that type of thing, you know, a lot of it is streamlined, but there are lots of other little nitty gritty rules that each of these different clubs have that will vary from club to club to club. So, you know, when you have competitors who compete in your event and they ask you this question that you hadn't even begin to think of you're just like dumbfounded you're like holy crap how did we not even think of that you know it, it becomes a gray area in like a a, a a final decision and so you know those are sometimes the hardest to deal with because you're just like well it's legitimate what they're asking or what they're trying to do and so most of the time you know, I'll consult with whoever else is on staff with me, you know, and sometimes I might even reach out to somebody else in part of a, a bigger trail group, you know, like maybe AJ from Hobie, or um, there's a couple of uh, ladies I know who help judge for KBF, like Amanda Brannon, you know, I'll be like, hey, I have never gotten this question before. What do you guys do for it? You know, and what's the reasoning behind it? You know, I'm not just going to make a blind decision and a blind like reason for something you know there's always a reason why a certain rule or a certain uh way that we have things is set up you know and i think a lot of people will sometimes forget that you know and the other part of like the rules thing is dealing with anglers who don't read the rules <laughs> you know <laughs> sometimes it's just like you just kind of shake your head. Um, I uh, I also do the monthly nudes tournament uh, with Paddle and Finn. And so uh, kind of a basic rundown of, of that is it's an online month-long uh, tournament for people who are new to the kayak fishing tournament scene. Um, they have to have only been in the scene for like a year or maybe like a year and a half. And it's all on Tourney X. And you have the whole month to fish and submit everything. And right on the registration page, you know, everything's pretty laid out. It's like, all right, hey, or what? You know, Paddle and Finn is hosting the Paddle and Finn's new tournament for those who are new into it.
At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. When, you know, I've got the dates in there, where? Any public body of water, you know, how? It's like, okay, yeah, you've got to have a catch board. What is a catch board? It's not the boards that you can buy at Walmart or Pro <laughs> or, you know, that type of thing. If you're not sure here, go look at this link. Rules. Here's the link to our rule. rules. Go read them, you know, and then other little details. And then we'll get into specifics about the identifier and how it's released on the Facebook page and all that other stuff. And <laughs> probably the last three months for the noobs tournament, I've had a new person get on there and submit fish and they use the tourney X identifier code and I'll deny it. And I'll say, uh, incorrect identifier, please read the tourney X, uh, registration rules. Lo and behold, I'll get an email from them, you know, shortly after, Hey, uh, this fish got denied. I was using the identifier attorney X gave me. Can you clarify? And I just kind of sit there and I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so like I'll screenshot, you know, attorney X and the rules and I'll circle it in red. I was like, you know, please advise. This is what the, uh, registration says on attorney X, please, you know, visit the Facebook page for more details, <laughs> you know, and you know, most of the time they're like, Oh yeah, I guess I should have read that, you know? <laughs> Sometimes, you know, that can get, you know, a little cumbersome and sometimes a little frustrating. But, you know, again, at the same time, you know, that's what we're all about, though, is like helping these people who are new in the tournament scene to pay attention to these details. Because if they're wanting to uh, get up there and compete in these big leagues, such as Hobie, KBF and Bass, they can't be doing this stuff, you know, because those guys are going to shut them down right then and there. And they probably won't even like acknowledge their questions or why the reason they have a denial. They just might come back with a response of read rules, you know, or something like that. Yeah. They have hundreds of other competitors that they got to, you know, deal with and handle with. So, you know, it's, you know, sometimes the little things, but um, yeah, definitely, you know, rules and such like that. And then um, I'd say like the last most, kind of not really frustrating, but uh, a, a not so pleasant thing to deal with is, you know, of course, uh, you know, drama, as we like to call it. Whenever there's oh, you know, issues that are, yeah, whenever there's- There's always drama somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and it's, it's really quite ironic that, you know, we're talking about TV stuff and everything because the Holy BOS series, had a uh, day two of Pickwick. And um, for those that are out there, um, if you know of Kayak Bass Nation, I mean, I, I'm not going to preach or slam them or anything like that, but, you know, there was a fish where part of the identifier is just cut off. You can still make out what it says, but it's just cut off. And that picture was posted in there. And now there's a whole big debate on there about, you know, is it breaking the rules? You know, because the rules state, 
you know, identifier must be clearly uh, legible or fully visible to what extent, you know, of that rule needs to be elaborated on. Because some people will say, well, the rule says it must be fully uh, legible or fully visible. So does that mean none of it can be cut off in the picture, even if like a tiny little quarter is cut off in the picture? You know, where's the gray area? Where does that end? Where's the black and white area end? You know, so I was reading some of the comments in there and I was just like, you know, this this is why I don't comment on Kayak Bass Nation <laughs> thing, you know. But I guess the good thing about the nation is is that it does bring up these issues and these concerns, you know, and let alone cheaters too, because you know, we do need to keep a lookout for everybody for those too. But you know, it always has me, you know, question like everything. And like when I'm judging a fish, you know, if I see that maybe the mouth is open just a little bit, even if I'm just like, ah, you know, I mean, that's not enough to deduct or something like that. I'm like, this is all on Tourney X. Everybody else can look at these pictures. Who's going to go on here and look at this and say, oh, yeah, that fish mouth was open. That should be a deduction type of thing. You know, there is always, always going to be some other eyes looking at, you know, the same tournament that you're running and looking over this and seeing if the judge and judges are doing their jobs. And, you know, if there's like a blatant error, which has happened in some of the big trails before, you know, people are going to bring these up to light because they're going to wonder why, you know, rules aren't being followed by not only the competitor, but by the judges as well. So <laughs> it can get kind of messy in the process as yeah. well. <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and that's where a lot of the confrontation can kind of come into play too. You know, an angler, you know, may not have read a rule and they take their frustration out on, you know, the judges and staff and everything, which, you know, I get it. You know, I've, I've been in the position where I've made mistakes before and I've paid for them dearly, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, it's all about angler responsibility as well because the rules are there for a reason. Whether or not I chose to read them fully and to understand them fully is all on me. You know, if I would have had a question, I should have reached out and asked about it. You know, but again, sometimes there are weird situations which happen like every year. I swear every year there's always some weird loophole that is found, which is, you know, is fine. I get it. It helps us, you know, learn and grow and improve as, you know, directors to, you know, help make everything runs so much smoother and make things, you know, more black and white in a sense where there's no gray area or anything that is open for question or for interpretation per se too. So those would definitely be some very big, um, like the, the hardest things when it comes to judging. <laughs> yeah. Tournament director in a sense too. Yeah. So what's a typical tournament director day? From like start of the tournament till end of the tournament. Uh yeah, you know it can definitely vary. So um, if you're a tournament director and you're on the scene at the site with uh, you know everybody else, it can vary. You know on your league if you're so I'll take Paddle and Finn and Kayak Bass League and you know I'll kind of use the two. Uh, whereas Kayak Bass League, you know I'm on staff with them. And I also get to compete as a competitor. Whereas Paddle and Finn, I'm just the TD. I don't compete. Um, and I kind of did that for a reason, just so that, 
you know, in our beginning stages, I didn't want there to be um, like a perception of, you know, well, there's unfairness because the TD is also competing, that type of thing, which I can see, you know, people's points of view with that. But uh, with Kayak Bass League, you know, uh, we will have a captain's meeting usually the night before. Um, and we've had it in person, but then we've also live streamed it as well with COVID and everything. And, um, you know, we'll make sure we review important rules, uh, the time frame, remind people about catch boards, you know, whatever identifier you're using, make sure it's in the photo. Uh, making sure that you're not covering the fish's eye or touching the tail or in kayak bass league you can touch part of the tail again like i said you know all club series have different rules and stuff like that so you just got to read the fine details and then um and then we just you know kind of go out and go on our way and um you know fish and with kayak bass league sometimes uh you know judges will have to come in early because you know there'll be people coming in early um if somebody has to leave early you know we'll want to double check with them make sure that they got off the water safely uh depending on where the location of the tournament is held and then we all have a meeting spot and oh kind of gas league we uh actually do manual um reviews so everybody will bring their phone and we'll have their fish and we'll have two people judging and then we'll have a third person who will be like the the final say if there's like something in question or if you can't tell if like the tip of the tail is on the line or not on the line type of thing that way there's just more than one person looking over those photos it's kind of like a, a double check and a triple check and everybody there can see us judging photos so there is no question as to who is judging the photos and who would be seeing you know their location because that's another uh, hot topic sometimes on tourney x is that uh, TDs, you know, they do have access to where those people have submitted fish and then, you know, might save those spots for later, give them away to other people. That's a whole other topic of debate later on. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, we take kind of all of that out of there and it's just, it's just photos and, um, you know, having the identifier in there, having three people looking over the photos if need be. We're all right there. If anybody has questions, concerns, or if, you know, somebody's like, oh, yeah, they, they were fishing out of bounds over there or something like that, you know, we're right there to kind of handle it. I mean, you know, try not to be confrontational about it, but, you know, we usually say if anybody has any, uh, like, you know, discrepancy or question or whatever, you know, they can let us know the day of, but with Kayak Bass League, we have the 24-hour period as well um, to review everything. And then if everything goes good, um, then, you know, we'll judge everything. We'll tally everything up on the computer and then uh, we'll write up the big checks and hand out all the prizes, take pictures, say, hey, you know, thanks for coming and send everybody on their way. And then uh, usually like the next day or two, we'll have like a little write up um, after the 24 hour period has ended. And, uh, you know, we'll have pictures with the winners and their uh, top fish and everything and you know, do that five times over the course of, you know, a couple of months. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Paddle and Finn was a little bit different this year. Um, so, you know, we tried to focus on the live streaming aspect of it. But again, you know, cell service coverage on lakes and stuff isn't always the best. <laughs> so that, yeah. was, uh, that was a I, little bit challenging. Sometimes. I know the river was probably the worst one. 
Yeah. yeah. Typical New River, because I lost service the second I dropped down into the river. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not only that, but Dale Hollow was really yeah. bad, too. So, like, not only, you know, being a tournament director, but being the judge, you know, the primary judge for that, too. Like, sometimes, you know, you're just, like, sitting there, like, all right, are they going to upload anything? And then, you know, because of, you know, cell service, they come in, you know, beforehand. And then all of a sudden, it's like, ding, 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 ding. All the photos are <laughs> coming. And you're like, oh, here we go. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, you know, kind of dealing with the challenges of the cell service, trying to live stream, trying to upload and everything. Um, and then... Um, you know, also, I, I kind of forgot about this, even with Kai Fastly, but with Paddle and Finn as well, is uh, sometimes even up until the night before or like early hours, uh, the morning before, uh, I'll make sure that my phone is always on because I'll I'll get, you know, questions at like three o'clock in the morning from somebody who might be driving in. They'll say, hey, listen, I missed the captain's meeting. Um, I looked at the map, but I wasn't sure about this launch. Can you just let me know so that, you know, I know that it's good. And, you know, I'm more than happy to reach back and say, oh, yeah, you know, that's good type of thing. Or if somebody needs to get a hold of me for an emergency reason, that type of thing. Um, so, yeah, so sometimes, you know, it's taking a phone call late at night or early in the morning sometimes. Or even during the tournament itself as well, yeah. um, which I've had happen as well. Um but uh, then, yeah, with Paddle and Finn, so yeah, I, uh, you know, kind of go out there, try to get some footage, and then judging fish on the water, too, with my phone, and then coming in, um, you know, finishing up, judging everything, wait to see if anybody has any, um, you know, discrepancies, that type of thing that they need to submit, and, you know, I'd say, like, 98% of the trail series went good without any issues, Um and there was a little bit of some hiccups with the uh, Cold Water Trail series uh, because with their series, they had integrated the uh, check-in and check-out feature with Tourney X. And we hadn't really talked about what rules we were going to integrate with um, the Northern Indiana kayak anglers, or was it the Southern Michigan? I, I get them mixed up now. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. You know, we talked a little bit about, you know, which rules we were going to integrate, but we didn't really, like, specify that kind of specific detail, you know, so that did actually become one of those kind of gray areas where it's just like, well, yeah, you know, we didn't really have it necessarily listed in our rules that we used it, but we did say at the captain's meeting and listed in our rules that you had to be physically checked in at the check-in location by a certain time well you know a lot of people interpret that as well yeah i just had to be checked in on the tourney x feature by that certain time so you know in those types of cases you know as a tournament director trying to figure out you know okay you know is that a automatic disqualification because you know they didn't read our rules thoroughly but yet we were a combo event with this other series. So they were going with our rules and the other series rules. So, you know, sometimes those tricky situations can come up on you if you aren't, you know, thinking about it ahead of time too, you know? So, um, yeah, that was definitely, um, I think, yeah, one of the, only the biggest issues that we had with the trail series. And then, you know, turnout as well. Um, you know, our last two events had to be canceled because we just, we had one person sign up for the Fox River and we didn't have anybody sign up for um, Lake Erie, you know, and 
is is it being a first in its year series type of thing? You know, we were glad to have the partition. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today participation that we did especially for madison chain and cold water because you know we had 30 plus for both of those yeah and um uh, the tip of canoe i think we had 11 which wasn't too bad i mean weather kind of played an effect on that a little bit um but for you know fox river you know i i had heard kind of that a lot of people were talking about how low the river was and maybe it wasn't fishing that good a lot of people, you know, weren't really familiar with the river. There were some locals, but, you know, whether or not it was going to be enough people at the end of the day. And then I want to say that there was another event going on that weekend, but I can't remember. Or no, it was um, it was the uh, Lake Erie event. There was the uh, Hobie event on lacrosse going on that same weekend. So, you know, there was also, I think there was also a uh, Great Lakes had an event that weekend too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. again, you know, we yeah. had those conflicting dates, you know, and we yeah. had to make choices when we were setting our schedule. All right. Who do we conflict with? You know, what dates do we really try to go for? And, you know, that type of thing. So, but yeah, it can be, it can be a lot of, you know, different things like, you might get a phone call when you're on the water and, you know, somebody's saying, yep, uh, I'm heading out. You know, I flipped my kayak. I'm okay, but I'm heading home. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, we've had that happen before. We're just like, what happened? Like, are you all right? Did a boat hit you? Did you just fall out? Like, what, what's going on? Yeah. You just tell me you flipped your kayak and now you're going home. Yeah. Like, come on now, you know? Um, so, yeah, you know, situations like that. And then, um, you know, with my very first year of being a tournament director, um, probably had one of the worst experiences a tournament director um, and being on a staff of a series will ever have uh, is the death of an angler. Um, you know, I think there's really only ever been one other big series that I know of um, that had that as well, unless there's been other ones that, you know, may, might have just be a, a smaller trail that might have had a situation happen too. But um, yeah, in 2015, was it 15? Yes, 2015, uh, you know, I was on staff of the Great Lakes Fishing Series and it was our final event, the salmon fishing event. And a kayaker hadn't uh, checked in by the deadline. And, you know, we, we started, you know, our initiation right after we started looking around the parking lot, 
looked, checked at his car to make sure it was still in the parking lot, went inside, asked around. Then we started asking people. Nobody had really seen him as of lately, but then we started asking people, when did you think you saw him last? You know, and a lot of people had said, you know, well, it looked like he was headed south, but it was pretty far south. We're like, okay, you know, we've got a little bit of a point of reference. And then Marina had a, uh, a little boat that they had let uh, two of her guys go out and just kind of cruise up and down. They went out for maybe 15, 20 minutes to go look around and didn't see anything. So before they even started coming back, they initiated Coast Guard because we knew at that point in time that something was very wrong. You know, they had tried calling him, went straight to voicemail. So either his phone was dead or, you know, whatever that type of thing. So Coast Guard got initiated. They, they sent out their big boat. They even got the helicopter out. And I'd say it was probably maybe 15, 20 minutes later, we heard them come over the radio that they had retrieved him from the water and we're starting CPR. And we, we kind of knew at that point that it just, it wasn't, it wasn't going to be a good thing. So um, we still to this day, you know, nobody knows exactly what happened. He had somehow fell off of his boat, flipped his boat, whatever it may have been, was in the water. Um, he wasn't wearing a dry suit or anything like that. I think he was just wearing like a t-shirt hoodie and maybe some pants. Um, you know, you got to know that Lake Michigan that time of year, 60 degrees, if you're lucky. Um, and then it was a pretty chilly day. It was a little, it was windy and there were some, uh, waves as well. I think there was like three foot and, you know, a combination of that. And I think the air temps were maybe 50, 60. So we might've just been barely hitting that 120 rule, but that water temperature, like five minutes in that water and you're going into hypothermia. So, and essentially that is what happened. He went hypothermic and, you know, died from that. And they brought him back and, you know, a pretty concealed and everything though. But um, one of the Coast Guard guys comes up to us and he had a little thing in his hand and he's just like, yeah, does anybody know about this device? And we're just like, no, what? What is it? He had a, uh, it's called an EPIRB. It's like an emergently personalized identifying something beacon or whatever. And when you activate it, it just automatically sends out a emergency signal within a 50 mile radius. And it's got like a really stupid bright light on it that'll flash. Um, and it's supposed to like, you know, alert Coast Guard and other stuff like that. And it was, I don't know if it had like a, a lever or a button, but it was obvious that he had pushed it or, um, you know, activated it, but it failed. So that was like the hardest like thing to like take and realize that day because just like he had a tool that nobody else had, he activated to use it and it didn't work. And like that, that haunted me for like quite a while after that, you know, and being, you know, in that first year being in, you know, kayak tournaments, you know, it really made me like stop and realize, okay, you know, like this is fun a lot of the time, but these types of situations, they, they can just happen, you know, um, KBF, uh, how many years ago has this been now? Like four? Five, uh, Rebecca Golden uh, had died um, while out on the water. And I, I don't remember the exact details of that, but I know a couple of people, she hadn't checked in 
or anything like that. And a lot of people and some people were asking where the last time that they saw her. And there were a couple people that had kind of remembered where they had last seen her and a few people went out. And I think like three people had found her. I can't remember if it was in the water on shore. She had her PFD and everything on. So like she was able to be found and retrieved. Uh, and same thing with the kid uh, for the salmon fishing tournament. He had a PFD on everything. He just, you know, it just things happen, you know, yeah. it's, it's the worst thing that, a tournament director could go through literally is just dealing with the death of an angler because that that is the last thing you want to have happen um you know i mean you're you're at much higher risk uh to get in a car accident than you are to drown so you know there there's that whole aspect of it too but uh you know it's always a it, it's always in the back of my mind uh having safety you know, and I know a lot with these bigger tournaments, they have kind of gone away from having the required check-ins. You know, if it's a multiple day tournament, that type of thing, which I can understand to a certain point because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're all adults, you know, if we're just wanting to leave, yeah, we should be able to just leave and not have to, you know, check in per se type of thing. But coming from a, a, a small series that has had, you know, some of these experiences like at Crossroads, you know, we had the guy who got ran over by a boat, you know, I mean, if a tournament director wasn't necessarily like on scene or if you would have had like six or seven different lakes to choose from, like, I mean, yeah, the angler was lucky to, you know, have us to come to and talk to because he lost his phone and everything. So, like, what was he kind of left to do if a tournament director hadn't been there? I mean, yeah, there was boats and stuff, but still, like, those are the things that still make me, you know, kind of glad. And part of the reasons why we do have these mandatory check-ins, because it, it's not to punish anybody, but it's because, you know, we want to make sure that, A, everybody's off the water and safely off the water. And, two, if somebody isn't off the water... Or if somebody hasn't checked in, we need to know why. Like, okay, did they just forget to let us know that they left early? Did their phone die and they just didn't tell anybody? Or did something bad happen? You know, and we need to initiate search and rescue or whatever type of means. So, you know, it is kind of in, um, not necessarily like high strung as it may be, but it, it's just, you know, always one of those things that after you've had it happen to you, you know, you don't want to have the chance for it to happen again. Um, so, yeah, you know, always know that when you're looking through rules or, you know, wondering why there's all these different things set in place, you know, it may be because it's a, a state regulation. It might just be because it's a safety thing. And it might be because, you know, there's been a cheater or something like that. You know, the whole cutoff tails, the whole bending of the boards, the whole cutting of the boards, you know, there's been all these different things that have happened yeah. out there that have made us to change and imp implement all of these different rules and everything. So, you know, it's not just because we're trying to make things difficult. It's just we're trying to be as fair and as consistent um, you know, as we can be as tournament directors. And it's, you know, sometimes it's it's not always easy, you know, I mean, especially for, you know, newer anglers, you know, because just like you, you want them to succeed, you know, and then they will sometimes make rookie mistakes, you know, maybe they've got their hand just over the eye because they just, you know, are in the rush of trying to hold the fish on there and everything, or 
Um, maybe they had the wrong board and just didn't realize it. You know, it, it, it could be a number of different things with, uh, you know, newer anglers. So sometimes you just, you know, even though you want to be helping them out more than anything, the biggest thing at the end of the day is having that consistency and having that fairness. You know, if you're going to judge a fish one way for one person, you got to judge it the same way for everybody else, regardless, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the mandatory mandatory check in it shouldn't be that big of an issue with anybody, you know. Especially like for me, with, especially with the panel and fin series, checking in and sticking around for for the ceremony, everyone got something. Right. Yeah. You know? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so, and it's part of the experience. You paid the money for the tournament, whether you did good or not. You know, it's part of the experience from start to finish. Yeah. You know, for especially for me, because a lot of us are taking vacation days to go to these tournaments. So right. might might as well get the most out of it. At least that that's how I see it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And again, you know, we know that at the end of the day, you know, if somebody didn't do good at all, we, we totally get it. We totally understand if they want to leave and go home. You know, we have made like a rule amendment, too, that is said in there. If somebody needs to leave, like and it, it's kind of got to be for like a legitimate reason, <laughs> like, you know, a family emergency came up or, you know, something, that type of thing. They're not just leaving just to leave. Um you know, it doesn't necessarily forfeit them from winning prizes. Because, I mean, if somebody goes out there and catches, you know, 98 inches and has to go home because maybe they got a sick kid or something like that, I, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to, like, DQ them or anything yeah. like that. Like, what what would that be? They went out there and kicked everybody's butt. Why should I DQ them? Because, you know, they couldn't make it to check-in. You know, and again, you know, there's that whole controversy of, well, if you do that for one person, you got to do it for everybody else. It's, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I, I get it. But again, you know, it's that whole of trying to incorporate the, the camaraderie, you know, having the award ceremony, too, for everything. And three with Pal and Finn, we're just like, OK, yeah, like everything is said and done right there in that moment. So that's the final judgment of everything. So like your fish have been fully verified. Everything's been judged. This is what the final results are. So yeah, we need to get your pictures and we need to get you your prizes and all that other stuff. That way you can get on your merry way and already have your stuff ready to go and everything. So, and I know a lot of people travel a lot of different, um, uh, you know, travel thousands of different miles sometimes going to tournament to tournament and everything. So, you know, I, I think that's definitely one of those things that maybe we could try to at least change up a little bit in a sense. Because again, you know, like I said, with like Kobe, you know, they don't require, um, you know, mandatory check-ins and stuff like that. Um, but again, you know, how are you going to have a award ceremony? But if you have the top 10 people stick around, usually can, but then again, with Obi, you do have some people who just can't make it to the check-in. So that might be something uh, we try to do a little bit differently for um, for next year in a sense. But um, yeah, overall, I think, uh, I think it went pretty good though. Um, being in its first year, Again, you know, not having the numbers that we wish we could have had. Um, and I think that's, you know, what every club and trail series wants is to have, you know, all these yeah. people sign up for it. 
But, you know, sometimes that's it, just, you know, the way that it happens. And we made sure that whoever did show up for the events that, you know, we, you know, went above and beyond that we tried to make it the best, you know, event that we could, especially when it came to like the live streaming and everything. And yeah, we had four people for our championship, championship and we still held it. You know, I mean, we gave our AOI angler like a ton of prizes and then, you know, our first place winner for the trail series and everything. So, yeah, you know, it's not that we're, you know, just going to be like, all right, yeah, here's like a hundred bucks. Good job. We're like, no, yeah. Like you get a full size check like you have in the background there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. you walk home with all this cool stuff, you know, because, you know, we want to make it more about the anglers and the experience that they're having. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Yeah, and I definitely seen that this year for sure. I feel it'll, it'll definitely grow in years to come, you know. But uh, we'll end it. I want to end it on what's the most uh, memorable moments of being a tournament ang- uh, tournament director. Oh, most memorable. Um. Hmm. That is a good question. (laughs) There's a lot of different moments out there. Um, Man. The one that really sticks out to me, though, is when... uh, So I'd been on Great Lakes for my second year, and it was my first year competing with kayak bass league and it was like i think october that uh the staff from kayak bass league had reached out to me and they're like hey you uh you want to come and join the staff with us you're pretty cool i'm like heck yeah i do (laughs) (laughs) you know um that and then like other moments you know when people reach out to me to like you know be a judge for an event or something like that i'm like heck yeah i will you know, yeah. it's just like I'm, I I feel honored to have like that that recognition and that um, um, oh gosh, what is the word I'm looking for? Reputation. <laughs> there we go. You know, I'm glad that you know I can be that um, you know reliable person that somebody can turn to and say, hey, you know, can you judge this? tournament for us this weekend we ain't got nobody to do it i'll do it for free i don't care like i love judging like (laughs) it's just like i do it all the time it's like a second thing because like not only a i like to see the fish that people are catching like i'm looking at it you know and sometimes people are submitting you know these 20 inch smallies and i'm like good god (laughs) (laughs) so getting to see some of the monster fish that people submit i'll just sit there and i'll be like Oh, look at that. <laughs> I'll show Adam all the time too. And I'm like, dear God, look at this fish. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
yeah, yeah, those are definitely uh, top moments, you know. And then, of course, you know, when when people, you know, do shout outs and stuff to all the staff members, too, you know, we never ask for that type of stuff. You know, we don't ask for anything special, you know. And again, we aren't getting paid to do any of this. I'm not getting paid to do it for Palinfin. I'm not getting paid to do it for Kayak Bass League. You know, it's it's not something we do for free. It's all volunteers. So, you know, it, it's not like we're out here to make a buck doing it, which we all wish we could. <laughs> but, you know, it's 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 a service, though, in a sense. And I, I love to do it, you know, because I feel that, you know, being the role that I am and what I – strive for and the standards that I try to hold when it comes to being a tournament director is what I wish it would be like everywhere else, you know, like, again, you know, hot topic on KBN, you know, the identifier, it's just like, I can see everybody's point of view, because being a tournament director, you have to look at that, because what do the rules say in black and white? The identifier must be fully visible. All right, to what extent is that? Does that mean that, like, the bottom half can be cut off as, like, the little corner, or does the whole damn thing have to be in the picture, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I just want to say I appreciate you joining me. You're welcome. And and I appreciate everything you've done for, especially the Illinois area, being from Illinois. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in pretty much every tournament series that you've tournament directed, so yeah, just about so, really. yeah. <laughs> so it's been a, it's been a, it's been a good year, so yeah, yeah, too much. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. Um, so we'll end it here uh, again. Appreciate it. Appreciate it for joining. Absolutely. And I'll see you down the road for sure. All right, sounds good. All right. Thank you. You too. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Fin. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.